Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the MN Marvel Mania podcast. My name is Mike. My name is Nick. And today we are discussing my personal favorite movie in the MCU, talking about Captain America Civil War. The one waiting to be discussed. Yeah. Uh, we, me and Nick disagree quite sharply on this movie. At some points we don't disagree. Uh, no, no. We both think this is a really, really high quality film, but. <laughs> we just have disagreements on, on the sides that we're on. Oh, yeah. So let's just get this out of the way. Uh, Nick here is I'm, team. I'm team Cap. Team yeah. military propaganda. I am uh, team Iron Man. And basically, you know, um, yeah, Iron Man was right. You know, the Emmy right. Let's let's hold up a second. <laughs> so yeah, no, I mean, but this is this is by far one of my favorite films. If I, it is my favorite film in the MCU, and it's kind of odd because when I watched this movie originally, I was I was very much into it. And I thought it was a high-level movie. But I think Infinity War and Endgame increased this movie's value even more because of the way it, it ties back in. I forget. Which movie was the... Was this the movie that, like, really got you into Marvel? So, I had been a Marvel fan on and off for a number of years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had seen a couple of the Iron Man films. I had seen Guardians of the Galaxy. I saw the first Avengers movie. Uh, I saw Age of Ultron. And, you know, I liked the film franchise, but I wasn't, like, obsessed with it. And then when I saw Civil War, it it gave me so much satisfaction to see because this was the I hadn't seen Batman versus Superman when I saw Civil yeah, War. That did come out. So yeah. the idea of hero versus hero was kind of fresh to me, you know. Whereas if I had already seen Batman versus Superman by that point, mm -hmm. the the concept may have been a little different. And by the way, Civil War is a far superior film to Batman yes. versus Superman, hundred percent. But after I watched this movie, it was just like they did the number one thing that they needed to do, which is divide the fandom, honestly, fairly down the middle. Yeah. I mean, it's I, I, like, I mean, look, I, I will concede this much. I think more people are Team Cap. Well, it's his movie. It's his movie. You know, I think more people are Team Cap, but this they did a really good job of giving both characters. Honest to goodness, good reasons for doing the things they did. I mean, building off what they had before. I mean, their stories pretty much tell it all of how they chose the sides that they were on to. Well, yeah, and the and the thing they do in this movie is they flip the conventional wisdom as to what side each would be on. Tony, think about his first couple of movies. He comes up as a military contractor, you know, but he doesn't want the government taking his suit or any having any control over him. Mm -hmm. But he has been immersed in such guilt over Ultron, over seeing what happened in the in the wormhole in the first in Avengers York, movie. Yes. He was overtaken by a sense of responsibility and guilt over all the things that he has done to now where he is willing to submit to a higher governmental power. And then there's Steve, who's literally a government creation, becoming the mm. guy who is rebelling against the government. <clears throat> I mean... I mean, like you said, you have one that's been with the government the whole time, like a basically almost like a lab rat. And you have one that was against the government now going for the government. Yes. But he's not going for the government because he loves the government. No, he's he, going for the government because of his own right. Selfish, not selfish, yeah. but his own reasons as to what he has been going through. I would say partially selfish. Okay. Well, I, I, say mean, I, I say partially okay. selfish. You know, you know what? That, that's, that's, not an un, that's not an unfair statement. 
It's not an unfair statement. <laughs> no, no, I, no, no, don't look at me like that. I mean, it's not, it's not that, an unfair statement. That's how I see it. it, it look, I understand. That's how you team cappers see it. You know, Tony was the selfish listen, one. I contend to believe that Steve he, was the selfish one. Is he? I say, listen, I saw an article. I think, obviously, they were both wrong. In which respect? In which respect that they both could have agreed on the accords in a certain way. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, there was a middle ground. There was a middle, but the problem was mainly because they didn't see. I, I forgot. I forgot how it was, but they were about to agree on it, and then I think it had something to do with Wanda or Bucky or something like that. I think it was Wanda, where they were like, "Oh, like she's just a kid or whatever." Like, okay, treat so, her like that. so yeah, so. They had yeah okay so Steve was going to sign the accords right and then he found out that Tony kept Wanda at the base and that pissed Steve off to no end for some reason mm-hmm. thinking like oh you're imprisoning her it's like it's a it's a it's a fifty acre land with a swimming pool <laughs> you know there's better ways to be safe <laughs> you know but there's a fundamental disconnect and that's what this whole movie's about sowing that fundamental disconnect between Cap and between Tony. And it drives everyone to different sides. Obviously, Bucky and Falcon are Steve all oh, the way. Automatically. And automatically. Same thing with Rhodey going to Tony's team. And Vision. And Vi- well, yeah, Vision's a creation of yeah. Tony. Well, he also wants peace and thinks that the Accords you know, justify that. Well, I mean, everyone, everyone gets their perspective across. Natasha believes that the Sokovia Accords are a necessity. Yeah, even yeah. though she's the one that told the government to screw off. Yeah, and again, that shows you how things change. Yeah, I mean, you have who else? Yeah, I mean, you had Hawkeye joining Haw- Team Cap. Hawkeye and Ant Man. Even uh, though Ant Man, I think, is just a throw in to make it six v six. I originally, I think Ant Man was supposed to be on uh, Tony Stark's team, but no, it wouldn't have made sense for no, him no. to team up with a Stark. <clears throat> it was because they actually got Spider Man to be in the movie, ah. so that's when they, you know, switched okay. over the sides. Okay, I see. I see <clears> but you knew, but I automatically knew that Ant Man was would be better on Cap's side, given the fact that. Uh, Falcon's like, oh yeah, I know a guy from well, yeah, the post credit yeah, scene yeah, and everything. Absolutely, and they really do a good job of giving everyone a reason for going the direction they do. The only person, like I said, that really is without kind of a reason, and it's just more or less assigned to a side is Hawkeye. But I think that was more of an allegiance to Cap than kind of anything else. He, well, he was like, I go, I go, you know, I'm, I'm retired for like, well, like five seconds. I, I walk like, away for five seconds, retire for five seconds, and it all goes to shit. Yeah, pretty much. So, like I said, like Hawkeye is like kind of the glue of the avengers really when it comes Oddly, to that. nobody will admit it nobody wants to admit that but it really is because given the fact that they it's like what is it it's like they win with they win with him every single avengers movie and except for infinity war right well natasha said it best in age of ultron pretending to need this guy really brings the team together yeah you know so it is it is funny how that kind of works and in a way if you're talking about pure physical battle at that airport scene team cap wins i mean Steve and Bucky get away. I mean, that's also where the flip of Natasha like comes in. Also, yeah, that's Natasha's allegiance to Steve coming <laughs> out. Even though she agrees with the accord, she realizes Steve won't stop. Well, but we'll a, get to that. That's the thing is that she saw both sides of the situation. Yeah, in which she was really the only person that I guess you would say was right. She was the only person you know? that saw both sides of the equation. You know, you know, and I mean, look for everything you can say about Cap, you can say the opposite about Tony, pretty much, yeah. and you know. And that's the good thing about this film, again, is that your personal philosophy on certain things isn't necessarily relevant mm. because it like I'm talking more or less the politics of it. The politics right. of it's not important in this movie. No, 
what's more important is the sense of guilt, the morality, the sense of uh, responsibility to, from Steve towards his friend Bucky. And it's those sorts of things that everyday people can relate to. Yeah. And when you put them into this fantastic out, outlandish superhero world, it can really draw an audience. Mm. And that's what they did here. In contrast, you know, other superhero film franchises like DC with Batman v Superman didn't do as good a job of building that conflict to this point. We've well, seen hints of Civil War, what to come before Civil War. Well, it's hard to establish something when exactly. You don't have a bunch well, I mean, you can, I mean that, that's a different conversation, but yeah, yeah. But so getting into this movie, I mean, you see, obviously, the beginning of it. What was it? The beginning was when they are looking for a Rumlow, I believe, right? So the beginning of the movie, well, first scene is actually. Um, oh yeah, the Winter Soldier. Is the Winter Soldier being woken up in uh, was it Albania? I think Albania. Is it Albania? My. Might I, be. I think it's maybe it's Russia. Sorry for fans if we don't remember. <laughs> we are searching now. I think it's Albania. It had the it had that kind of thought in my head. <laughs> Either way, let's get into the first scene here. Yeah, so the scene basically shows the I guess the bunker of where the Winter Soldier program, one of the Winter Soldier programs were taking place. And you see what was it? Uh nineteen what was the mission report? Nineteen mission mission report December sixteenth. Siberia. 16th. Siberia. Okay. Not Albania. <laughs> God. Oh, uh, that's gonna be a funny one. Uh, uh, I'm disappointed. I've seen this movie how many times? I know you've seen it more than me. So yeah, so the Winter Soldier program, and they wake the Winter Soldier up for another mission, and we see him execute a mission, and we don't know exactly what it is. We don't know until around Later the end on. of the movie. Obviously, if you know by now. Uh, the mission was to kill uh, Tony Stark's parents, Howard and what, what, Maria. Maria, right? And okay. take the super soldier serum. Yeah, all the they want to create more, which they they did. They yeah. did create more. It's funny because now in the context of this film, with the added insight of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. we now know that there were other super soldiers anyway. Not just these people. Isaiah Bradley was a super soldier, right? You know, but he was locked away in prison all those years. Listen, when it comes to the point of after the Avengers movie came out, you see superheroes and you see all these people with abilities that you never thought you'd see, you know, like it's like it's like today. If we saw a superhero, like imagine that people want to like have that ability yeah, and have all these different powers. No, no, no. I mean, look, if if we're going to take this to real life, if there if there was the ability. If. In I this world, for people to get superpowers, people would be lining up. Exactly. Yes. I highly doubt that would happen, which would be sick. But it's in it's in a way is where when somebody has something, everybody else wants it. Yeah, no, absolutely you know? right. But the first scene, as you said, Brock Rumlow. Yes. Crossbones now. They're making a hit in La- Laos. Yes, Laos. Or is it Lagos? Lagos. Lagos it is Lagos. Lagos, 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 Lagos. And they're making a hit, and Cap. And the cronies show up. And it's actually really a good quite scene. This scene is probably one of my favorites, given the fact that the action of Steve in particular. Yeah. Given the fact with the shield and his movement and everything, it's kind of like seeing Winter Soldier a little bit again. Yeah, no, it was it was that same vibe. And Steve going around, taking everybody out. Obviously, you got Natasha, Wanda, and Falcon as well. And you see what's going. You see how the basically like the Avengers from Age of Ultron learning to team up together. Exactly, yeah. So it's, it's that last scene from Age of Ultron. You have Natasha and Steve running the crew, and then you got two of the younger Avengers. You yeah. got 
Wanda, and you have Falcon. Yep. And you throw him in there. And then obviously, I mean, Rhodey's not in this scene, but yeah, but still, yeah. he he was. I considered him more of a more of a big, higher up Avenger, given the fact that he's been in the MCU. Well, because he's been around forever. He's yeah. been around. Yeah. So, but this scene, it's what's really important is the ending of it. So, your pal, your buddy, your Bucky. Bucky. So Rum, Rumlow is just like playing with Steve. Caught and then, Steve off guard a little bit. And then he's like, <laughs> and you're coming with, with me. me. And blows him up or tries to. Wanda saves him and then kills 20 people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, the problem with this is that you know it's not her fault, right? Like, obviously, she didn't mean to kill it's those just people. An, it's just an, an incident. It's yeah. such a it's such a bad thing that happened. Optics-wise, it's a horrible optic for the event. Yeah, yeah. That's how it looks. And that's how the world sees the Avengers as all oh, these people that need to be, you know, trialed and and for the mistakes no, no, they need to be regulated. They need to be regulated, and 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 it's funny actually because, to be honest with you, from a, from a from a from a perspective of logic, mm-hmm. Ultron should have been the event to regulate the Avengers. That was potentially cataclysmic, and twenty people dying in an explosion, like. Not to minimize the severe nature of that, but mm. that's not as severe as what happened in Sokovia. Do you think it's because of uh, T'Chaka, you know, the king of Wakanda? Do you think that he actually decided to step in at some point, given the fact that all of these things are starting to happen in the world? Well, I think that Wakanda and Black Panther's role in this movie. May I just say this, by the way? Uh, I think that behind uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans in this movie, Chadwick Boseman kills it. Oh, yeah. As his first appearance? In his first appearance, he is so good in this movie. I actually like T'Challa here just as much, if not a little bit more, than I did in Black Panther. Mm -hmm. And that's saying a lot because I really enjoyed him in Black Panther. Right. And here, the Wakandans come into the fold. And so to skip ahead, because a lot of this, there's actually not a lot of action here for the first hour of this movie outside of that opening scene with Rumlow where they're trying to capture the biohazard weapon that they were trying to take. Yeah, I wish they would have. I kind of wish they didn't kill him off. Well, yeah, I, no, but you know what? Unfortunately, when you're in a movie universe like this and event movies come and go, yeah, you're not making 20 of these movies where you can bring Rumlo back. You're no. making a movie every couple of years. All right. I mean, listen, they brought him back for this at least. And he came back in Endgame. In a flashback, in a, flat, in a, in, in a yeah, time in travel, a time but, travel, but but still, still. He, he was back, so he got his, uh, and he was in What If, like, five episodes. No, that's true. That's he was true. also in What If, you know, so it, it, Frank Grillo, or, yeah, I think yeah, that's his Frank name. Grill. Yeah, yes. Frank Grillo. Yeah, Frank Grillo gets his go in this. So, skipping over here, because really, the conversations are what's important, and those can be summed up pretty quickly here. General Ross steps in, and he's like, it's time to regulate. 178 countries mm-hmm. have signed this document. And we haven't seen him since, what, The Incredible Hulk? No, this was his first appearance in eight years. Which is crazy. And now he's like, and then Tony obviously is on board with it, and then the Avengers have their argument. Well, the only reason why he agreed with it, I think at this point he agreed with it, given the fact that after, what was it? He had a... He had a ex- he, so he, had like he was a, at, he was he was at, at MIT. MIT having a... Uh, comp, a te- I guess I would say it, like a TED talk. He was he was giving the presentation. Giving it was about a scholarship fund, and uh, we learned there that Pepper and him have broken up. Yeah, they're uh, on a breakdown. Well, I mean, yeah, but still, they, still, they were they were broken up for the moment, and he is confronted by a mother whose son died in Sokovia, mm-hmm. and that is just the immense guilt coming back to Tony. And imagine like that's the tipping point of where he's like, 
we have to be put in check. Yeah, no. And from there, his point of view becomes absolutely clear. But Steve obviously is not willing to go ahead with it. Well, yeah. And this is where civil war starts to emerge. But unfortunately, the death of an MCU original, Peggy Carter. Mm. So the founder of S.H.I.E.L.D., probably the most badass female heroine in the universe at that time. She's gone. She passes on in her sleep. Steve attends the funeral. And we find out that Agent 13, oh, what, is uh, Sharon Carter, even though, you know, we know that now. But we found it out then. I found that. I was like, wow, okay, interesting. And that, that is Peggy Carter's niece, Sharon. And it's like, okay. And by the way, just quick side note, mm-hmm. I don't support Steve and Sharon. I don't, no, no, I don't support. It's, it's I don't freaky. support. I'm a cat fan, and I don't support. It, it's I, I I don't have any strong feelings about Captain America's love life. No, although I do like him and Peggy, Sha- I, Sharon and him. Eh, eh, no, I I would like no. him. him and Black Widow would have been a better fit. Yeah, I, I I think that that's a better argument. Even though I still probably wouldn't have done it. I like <laughs> I like it, but going from there, the Avengers starting to crumble a little bit yeah i mean at this point we see who's on which side of you know yeah right before that scene we see falcon and roadie of all people debating listen the two best buds of of the main guys debating against you really we're gonna sign this right now 178 countries 178 countries sam this isn't shield it's not hydra just gonna say no Yeah, and then we get our UN meeting and the bombing of the Vienna bombing, and so, uh, and we forgot to mention Zemo. So Zemo gets the red book. Zemo gets the red book, obviously. But the the thing I like about it is that Zemo, he he was a great villain. Like even though the the fight between them was mostly caused by him, yeah, and you didn't see him that much. No, but he 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 he, he has a good motivation. His family died in Sokovia. He is Sokovian, right? And you know what? For that much, that's enough motivation for me. It's just, look, if there's one complaint I can levy about this movie, and there's very few from my perspective, Mm -hmm. it is that his plan required quite a bit to fall into place. Well, yeah, he didn't. It wasn't like a a five-year plan that he had in his head. No, it it required a lot of things to fall into place. He had to kill the doctor and then get into the the compound so he could interview Bucky. And then from there, he needs to get the footage and the information about December 16, yeah. 1991. And then he needs Cap and Tony in the same mm-hmm. place. He needs Tony not to know what December 16, 1991 meant. Yeah. So so it does require a lot. However, in the context of the story and the way the Russos tell it here, it's not as bad because they really hide the reveal well. They really did. I mean, you didn't know at that point what it was. You just, show, you just see the card just being hidden to a yeah. pole and so you kind of just happened. think it's a regular winter soldier mission and you know after the bombing of the un when we get our introduction to t'challa here mm-hmm. i mean everyone's looking for bucky because zemo impersonated bucky to blow up the un i know and you would think this is one thing that bothers me i know like like i know we're not debating about it yet but like the thing is that like how do you not reckon like face recognition of who that is. Like. Okay, I, I I get that, and I agree. Because it, it doesn't make sense that in the MCU with all this tech, you wouldn't be able to tell that Zemo. Like, come on. And and here's another thing. So Bucky, it turns out, is just, you know, living freely. I forget mm-hmm. where he's living. He, he, Bu- he Not Budapest, maybe Bucharest. Budapest. I don't know. I don't know where he is. But There were a he, lot of spots. They moved to a lot of different places. Yeah, and, and, and he's kind of just living on his own. And it's like... And then somebody notices him after seeing the newspaper that says he struck again. Yep. 
And it's just kind of like, look, I get Bucky was brainwashed, mm-hmm. and I get everything like that. But you're going to let a guy with that sort of mental coding mm-hmm. out on the loose yeah. after everything he's done kind of makes no sense to me that he wasn't in a prison cell after Winter Soldier, after not being captured back by Hydra. Well, that's the thing. They weren't after what's called after that. They were they Cap was looking for him. And obviously, with the help of uh, Falcon, they were looking for him for him in general. They couldn't find them. You know, they knew that there was some good part of him, given the fact that he pulled him out of the river. He pulled Steve out of the river. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he, he wasn't 100 percent under the uh, influence of the Hydra messaging at that point. Right. So then we see Steve roll up and he's trying to save his buddy Bucky. And here is where my problems with Steve Rogers begin. Mm. So after the bombing in Vienna, okay, look, you see it's Bucky. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's fine. That's one way or the other. But here is the thing that kind of immediately starts to bother me. Tell me, tell me. Steve immediately, and you know what? He's proven right, Mm -hmm. but it's it's a luck shot, okay? How does Steve know immediately Bucky's innocent? That's the thing too, because he he so so my that's my whole point is he look he is proven right, right. absolutely Bucky didn't do it oh yeah, yeah but all the evidence at that point pointed towards him doing it and he goes to save him mm-hmm. out of some allegiance bro if he really did bomb the building in Vienna yeah I don't care if that's your buddy <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna do all this stuff torpedo the Avengers, go against the Sokovia Accords, right. and all because you feel some responsibility for somebody. I understand it's a sad story, yeah, but it just didn't make sense to me. And no. I see and I see the other side from Tony that's right. like, what are you doing? Yeah. No, I get it 100%. I mean, listen, it's his pal, his buddy, his Bucky. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I just like that line a lot. Yeah, no, it's a great line. Um, but you, you do have to think about it like that. I mean, they were... They were told to target and kill on sight, though. I mean, look, look, that enough is fair, but it's not as though he hands him over. That's true. He 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 pulls him to a secure location and immediately is trying to save this guy who literally the last time we saw him was working for Hydra. No, true. And and, and easily could have still performed this. How does Steve know right at that moment that Bucky's not being brainwashed? Right. No, he doesn't. I mean, listen. I think he thought that, listen, Hydra's gone. Maybe he has some sort of control over himself again. Yeah. In the fact that the Winter Soldier program basically brainwashes him and makes him into a literal assassin. Yeah. You know? So, right there. And then, obviously, we, we get a really... This is kind of the first action scene we get after the Minister War with Steve, Bucky, and uh, T'Challa... Chala. Running through the the I don't even know what you call it the tunnel. Running through tunnels, yeah. Yeah, and a Bucky on a motorbike. You see Steve is jumping on cars. T'Challa's jumping all over, trying to kill Bucky because he thinks Bucky killed his father. <laughs> He's like, I'm not gonna. Wait, I like the part where they're like fighting in the stairwell. I'm not gonna kill anyone. He almost threw somebody off the building. Who said that? Uh, when what's called when they're fighting in the stairwell. Yeah. And he's and Bucky uh, throws somebody and, down, and Steve's like. I don't want you to kill, like, don't, like, don't kill anybody or anything. He's like, I won't. And then he grabs his backpack, whatever. As they're fighting in the stairwell, he's he's throwing somebody off of the what's called off of the edge, and Steve grabs him. He's like, yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> thought, a great one. I thought that was funny. They do have a really good connection, and I, you know what? It's hard to, 
And look, I really don't like this. I don't dislike Steve Rogers. I really don't. It's just, I don't know. And we're playing. We'll, listen, we could we could talk about all day about how who was right and who was wrong. We all have the point of listen. We understand where our points are coming from. <laughs> you know, we're getting our points across. The whole point is that we're discussing the movie and we're and we're getting our points across so people understand what side we're on. And that's yeah. what a debate is. So you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what a debate should be. You know, and so we get that real scene, and then obviously Rhodey is like, "Stand down, Cap." Stand down. Yeah. <laughs> why say it like doesn't that. say it like that. Stand but down. stand down, Cap. And you know, he, congrats, he, you're a criminal. He is. Yeah. He is yeah. a criminal. Now he's a criminal. Tell me he's wrong. He's a criminal now because he wasn't against. He was against the scope. So board. the problem is that I had is that even though they were going to be, uh, what was it? Who 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 came in? Everett Ross came in. Uh, uh, Everett Ross brings Everett, them in. Yeah. Everett Ross brings them in. A new, a new introduction. He's the this is his first introduction. And then to the he MCU. pops up in Black Panther. And he pops up in Black Panther, and you see him, and he he's actually the boss of Sharon Carter, which we see. Um. So he's FBI. I think he's CIA. CIA. That's what he's CIA. Okay. So the thing is that as like as they're bringing Steve and Falcon in and T'Challa as well, and Tony and Steve are having the talk about you know just sign it, sign you know. Why couldn't they make a resolution where the Avengers, okay, could be held by the government as a separate organization and yet have a Black Ops team, Avengers almost, and have separate individuals go off on missions that were more necessary? Look. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I'm go, I, I, I thought way into I'll, this. I'll put it to you like this. There's definitely first and foremost. I know I'm only in my second year of law school, <laughs> but yeah. the Sokovia Accords are massively unconstitutional. Number yeah. one, yeah. Okay, in our world with our constitutional protections, you right. wouldn't be able to do this to people. Right. The whole point of the Sokovia Accords was actually to uh, regulate enhanced individuals. Yeah. Enhanced individuals like Steve Rogers, uh, Wanda Maximoff. People, but it's not. But it's not just but, enhanced individuals. It's also enhanced no, it tech. It is. It's also enhanced tech. I didn't see that in the accords. Well, 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 just think of it like this: Jimmy Woo literally calls on Hank Pym and Hope Van Dyne mm-hmm. in Ant Man and the Wasp because their tech was involved. Well, their tech is basically what's called the Ant Man suit. It is enhanced, given the fact that you could shrink and stuff like exactly. that. exactly. And the but, Iron Man suit falls under that jurisdiction too. But the Iron Man suit is completely different to that because the Iron Man suit, what? It makes you fly. You could shoot. You could shoot like beams out of your what's called. Well, I mean, that's still enhanced. A, nor- I guess. a normal person can't do that. No, the, look, the, look the Iron Man suit amounts to amounts to something similar. If you want to classify it, it's like a firearm. It's a firearm. It's a full body. It's it, a firearm. It, it's a so... firearm. It's a gun. But it's obviously more complex than that. Okay. So what about? Uh, Natasha Romanoff and I, I don't know. I don't know how you consider either of them enhanced. How are they enhanced? Because what, they have because well, well, they have amazing remember, skills. But remember, this is regulating the Avengers in total, right? So, and they are members of the Avengers. It's like so they're still captured under this under this accord. And you're also doing this to Thor and Hulk, given the fact that they're not in the well, movie. Well, they're not. They're not. They're no, not no, on. But here, given yeah. the fact they're not in the movie whatsoever, you're telling me that Bruce Banner, the Hulk. Is gonna be like, yes, I agree with this. Well, no, and they literally make a point. Tony's like, really use a Hulk right now. He's really a Hulk. Yeah, 
and you also have Thor living lives on another planet, my guy. Come on. Well, look, I mean, there's a the the idea of the Sokovia Accords is trying to protect those who have no powers against those with powers because those with powers, as Vision so eloquently puts it, power and incites conflict. Another thing that I hate, Vision, you're not human, man. Why are you getting involved in this? Why is he wearing clothes? Why, <laughs> Why are you wearing clothes, my guy? He's wearing a sweater. He's, he's wearing a sweater. My, my guy's wearing a freaking sweater the whole movie. My guy. Making tea with Wanda. <laughs> you know? He's making a favorite dish. He wants yeah. to get it down. Just a hint of pepper. Paprika. <laughs> no. But after this, I mean, you know, it's funny. Because this movie, a lot of people complain it to be slow. But there's so much that needs to get done in this time. You have the UN bombing. Mm-hmm. Get introduced to Zemo. Bucky and Steve get back together. They get brought in. Bucky is now being, and then we get Zemo as the psychiatrist. Right. You know, which they don't know. They later nobody find out. knows. They think it's Doctor Broussard. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you got Tony and Natasha who are now opposed to everything. And obviously, you know, spoiler alert, we're heading towards a big fight, man. Yeah, I mean, it was played so well by Zemo that the fact that Tony and Steve couldn't figure out how this was happening and how they were being pulled, like, uh, literally... Pulled in different directions. Yeah, basically. Look, and and we can... So, when Bucky breaks out, and the Avengers that are at the compound, so you got T'Challa, Romanoff, Stark, Mm -hmm. I think Steve fought fought him too. Steve fought him too, yeah. Falcon fought him too. And they're fighting him, and then when he breaks out, and obviously, you know, <laughs> you're not going to stop Bucky. Yeah. <laughs> so, at that point is when everything really goes to shit. Because it's at that point that everybody realizes, well, they're not going to listen to the Accords. Yeah. You would think that maybe when they brought them in, you are going to listen to the Accords. But now, it moves towards that point in the movie where everything is becoming a huge conflict. So, yeah, we got Spider-Man's MCU debut. And let me tell you, Mike, it's really great. Yeah, no, this was a really good start for him. Uh, Tom Holland, the second best Spider-Man of all time. And, I know, uh, Toby, I, I know I, Toby's your favorite. I know. I grew up on Toby. I know, I know. Everybody, a lot of people did. You know, it's, hard, it's kind of hard, but, you know, I grew up on Toby. But Tom is really good, and he's a close second. And Andrew's a close third. Andrew's really good, too. They're all very good. They all have their distinguishing qualities, man. It, listen, the different movies between them, it's, it's hard to tell. Look, Which but one's the look, man, it, it doesn't matter this debate. The fact is, is that they're all good. No, yes. And, and, we'll, and we'll get into their movies soon enough. Yes. And so let's start with Spider-Man here. Yes. Who comes to visit him, but the great Tony Stark. The greatest Tony Stark. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, this is the kind of the best scene in the movie for me. Honestly. The Honestly? Scene, really? the, scene, the scene where okay. Tony goes to Peter Parker's uh, apartment mm-hmm. and he's talking with him. And in that scene, we basically get great power, great responsibility speech without it having to be said. Yeah. And when you I, could do the things I can. Yeah. But you don't. And mm-hmm. then somebody else gets hurt. That's on you. Yeah. And it's crazy because Tony understands that. 100%. Mm-hmm. That's Tony's burden. That's Tony, exactly. So, I, I mean, yeah, I can see why you like it. And we get Aunt May. We see her for the first time as well. Oh, she's fucking gorgeous. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, hey, yep. Everybody loves her. Um. So yeah, they basically and you see you see how I guess they didn't really explain his origin too much because obviously it's no, been through you, you, they've you been over you don't, have, you don't have you've to been through it over it so many times. How what are you gonna do? You see you know you see it in Toby, you see it in Andrew, you see right. it in Spider Verse. I mean, 
we don't need another one. No. It, it's it's not necessary. Everyone knows how Spider-Man becomes Spider-Man. It's like how everyone knows how Batman becomes mm-hmm. Batman. I mean, it could they could mention other things when in the new movie coming up. They could mention some it's stuff. True. Well, they, they never mention here um, Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben subbed out. And Tony Stark in this universe is Uncle Ben. Is Uncle Ben? Yes. No. So after that, you know, Tony's like, "All right, we're gonna go on a little field trip." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got homework, man. I got homework. <laughs> I can't go out there. Nah, but then this leads to the airport scene. And the, okay, I've never seen so many major characters in an action scene before like this mm-hmm. where they're fighting each other. Besides Avengers, and everybody gets their moment. Yeah, literally everybody gets their moment in this fight. You got Spidey stealing Cap Shield. You got Ant Man becoming Giant Man. Mm-hmm. You got uh, T'Challa. Just taking out Clint and going after Bucky. <laughs> Hi, I'm Clint. Wanda <laughs> in this fight. Oh my God, she's kicking ass too. Yeah, I mean everybody pretty much had their screen time. I felt that. I think given the fact that Vision is probably besides uh, Wanda, one of the most powerful people. Well, um, yeah, and Vision know? Vision in this movie isn't really so. So we skipped over the scene, but Hawkeye obviously obtains and Wanda puts Vision through the floor at the Avengers compound. Right. And it's just – it's odd because you know what's funny about all this? Vision in Ultron is so powerful. Civil War, we see he's still that powerful, but we never see it again. Yeah. It was – I mean pretty much the only time you ever saw it. Like, he, that was the problem that I had with, with Vision was the fact that they used him – they didn't use him as much as I thought they would yeah, given no. the fact like – you, like you're able to see Thor – and you're able to see, you know, now you're able to see Wanda, Scarlet Witch, you know, as she is now. Well, look, I mean, Vision, in the grand scheme of things, for as much as he's involved and tethered to all these different characters, Wanda, he's Jarvis, uh, Ultron, Tony Stark, he, he has all these ties to all these different characters. In actuality, the MCU treats Vision like a side character. He uh-huh. is, he's a secondary character to... Wanda in WandaVision. Right. He's a secondary uh, character here in, in Civil War, although everyone's a secondary character in this movie except Cap, Tony, and Bucky. Yeah. I mean, I just I just thought Vision should have had more time, even in, like, in Infinity War. Like, he had time, but he didn't have action time. Yeah. You know? but, but this battle gives literally everybody their moment. You know, Vision coming in halfway, and the battle, like, comes to a pause, and then they start going again, and we see Wanda tossing everybody around. We mm-hmm. see Rhodey... Uh, Wanda holding up the collapsing Bell, garage. Yeah, it was like it was like the 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 hanger, the hanger. Yeah. So I mean, listen, the fight the fight scenes in this were amazing. Uh, probably when they said, "Oh, like, we're oh, they're not stopping." Like, and and they keep running running at each other, and like Black Widow knows, like, you know, are we really gonna fight them right now? Like, you know. Yeah, you have to. have to stop them. That's why she lets them go. Mm-hmm. That's because she's like, "You're not going to stop, are you?" And then she takes out Black Panther, mm-hmm. who's on her team yeah. for all intents and purposes, and they're able to escape. But Rhodey mm-hmm. does not escape. No, Ro- unfortunately, we saw this in the trailer too. Uh, yeah, that that's what's odd about it. They show this in the trailer, and it's like, "Well, you're not going to kill him then, because mm-hmm. you're showing it in the trailer, right?" You know, it was just, I think they meant to have it as, like, is he going to die or not? Now, let me tell you this. They could have killed him here. No, they could have. And it would have been perfectly added to the story. It's. I think they, they really... Kept... It would have added even more fuel to Tony's fire. No, it would have. And I think the reason why they didn't is because they just had other plans in store. You know? Well, I think also, 
let's be honest. And I think that a lot of people would have had trouble with Cap and Bucky. Who keep in mind, Cap is the titular character mm-hmm. here. For as much as this movie centers around Bucky and Tony, it's still Steve Rogers' movie. Right. And I really do think, even from a team Iron Man guy, mm-hmm. I still think there would have been a problem for many people with, yeah, um, Rhodey being a casualty of this mm-hmm. and you know, Cap escaping. It would have been like, wow, like he was willing to let Rhodey die. Even though Vision is the one who hurts him here. Yeah, I mean even even Sam came down, it's like, I'm sorry, and like Tony Shaw. Yeah, no. But after that, I mean, turns out Rhodey doesn't die, obviously. Yeah. And uh I mean look, this movie really does a good job in the second half, I think, pacing between the action and the slow moments where we get the character building. Yeah. So after this, we see Tony and Roman off and then they get into an argument. Yep. And it's like, when will you let things go? When your ego going at him? And Tony's like, well, T'Challa told uh, everyone what you did, so mm-hmm. you're being to be hunted now. They're coming for you. And that's, you the, that's the end of Romanoff in this movie. That's actually kind of the odd part. We don't see her again in the last 45 minutes. 40, no, 30, it, 40 minutes. Because at that point, she's on the run. Yeah, no, she goes on the lam, mm-hmm. and she ends up meeting up with Cap, obviously. But mm-hmm. Cap and Bucky are off to Siberia, and <laughs> of course, our boy Zemo is there. Yep. And the whole point of it was not to draw them there to destroy the super soldiers that were created. Yeah. You know. I will I will say this. How Tony kind of finds out that Zemo is the bad guy here, mm-hmm. it's just like a little bit too convenient for me. It's like all of a sudden, like, oh, Friday has all the information that he couldn't conveniently needs. Yeah, at that exact moment. You know. And then he rolls up to the um the was it the raft? The raid, the, yeah, the raft, the raft. After Rolls what's up. called, after um, after realizing it's you know, it's because not. uh, Falcon, Ant Man, Wanda, all all guy, all, and we see Tony have these conversations with all of them ex- except Wanda, mm-hmm. and Hawkeye's like, you know, the futurist, and he's mocking him, and like you really, this is the scene that really just emphasizes further how divided everything is. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had this in the comics too. All like, and there was also a major death. Like, I think maybe I think Spider Man was a major death. I'm not sure who was the major know. death in, in the comics. But like, there was definitely a lot in this movie. Just like in every uh, trilogy, the end, you know, the last movie in the trilogy is usually somebody loses a lot, and you'll see like Cap loses his shield, Bucky loses his arm. You see all these. Some bitch deserved it. <laughs> oh, two old, two old guys beating up an orphan. Yeah, two, <laughs> two, two old men beat up an orphan with a heart condition. You explain that one to me, okay? Oh man, I can't get over that. It's so funny though. No, but from there, Tony talks to Falcon, and he's like, "I gotta know where they're going, man. They're gonna need all the help they can get." Mm-hmm. And Falcon, you know, being the guy that he is, Sam is a nice guy, all intents and purposes, and it's really built out that way. And he has a good read on people. And he knows, even though Tony's against him in all this, mm-hmm. Tony wants to help at that point. Yeah, at that point, he does. It would have been nice if he did before, but, you know. <laughs> so, at this point, uh, Tony gets to uh, Siberia. And, you know, this is where the, the big shock at the end that we so- talked about in the beginning. Oh, yeah. You know. So, I-, I was fully expecting it to be Tony, Bucky, and Steve versus the bunch of the super, super soldiers, soldiers. Which yeah. would have been, I mean, I guess. Zemo and the super soldiers. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean... Would have been something, but not compared to what we get. No. And this is the twist that cements this movie for me as the best movie in the MCU. So, this movie, and we've talked a lot about it so far. 
does so much with so many characters to set them on their arcs for Infinity War. Mm -hmm. Number one, even minor characters like Wanda and Vision, we see their connection in this movie. Yep. You know, we see Hawkeye getting arrested, being put on house arrest, and he's not in Infinity War. Right. Same thing with Ant-Man. Same thing with Ant-Man. You know, we see all of this being laid into place. Right. Every single piece of it is laid down. Little characters like Thunderbolt Ross, Rhodey now with the the legs. Yeah, he has legs. Everything. But when we find out that Bucky killed parents of Tony Stark, Mm -hmm. all bets were off. <laughs> and it's just the raw emotion in Tony's face when he turns to Steve and he's like, "Did you know?" And, and he's like, like, "I didn't know it was him." And then, "Don't shit me, Rogers. Did you know?" See, you know, a good friend would have probably let Tony know. <laughs> hey, your parents didn't just like get into a car accident, guy. It wasn't him. Uh, the, the, well, my God, it wasn't him. It wasn't Bucky. It wasn't Bucky on that camera. It was. It was him. But it wasn't no, so it him. Was him. It wasn't him psychologically. Oh, okay. Okay, so what? Again, okay, me and you have had this debate with friends, but I guess we'll air it on the air now. Okay? <laughs> You're telling me that Steve yes. is justified to tear down the world's leading peacekeeping force, the force that is necessary to prevent evils from the outside, like the attack of New York or Sokovia, although I will admit that was a bit self-inflicted. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Think. To t- take them all down. Because, oh, in the 1940s, this guy was nice to me. Hey, he listen. was my friend. No, you got to think of it like this. You have your best friend, the only people left, the only person left you have in the world that you know from your lifetime, besides Peggy Carter, who died in this movie. Yes. She was the only person left, and he was the only person left. Now you only have Bucky. He, Whenever it came to his parents dying, whenever it came to anybody else dying, Bucky was always different. Bucky was the guy. They're brothers. They're they're literally as like best friends. They're they are brothers. That's how you see it. No, no, I, I get that. But here is again, and I mentioned this and uh, I mentioned this earlier in yes. the recording. He just assumes he's innocent. Right off no. the bat, he just assumes. Bucky and I is agree innocent. with that too. I he assumed, I didn't think about that till you said it. He assumes that he's innocent, and I understand that completely. It he jumped the gun a little bit, but also they said, like I said before. They said, "Oh, they're gonna they're gonna kill on sight." Okay, that's fair-ish. <laughs> but the issue again that Steve Rogers look, I get the whole point of this movie is that with Peggy's death and Sharon Carter's words, where you stick to your guns at the funeral or something like that, she said something, something to that. Something like that, yeah. Where it's like uh, Aunt Margaret or Aunt Peggy always said, "Stick to your gut, no matter what other people are telling you. If you believe it's right, stick with it." Right. I get that's supposed to be what Steve is here. But and I think and I think we kind of see that both Tony and Steve are that way, because Tony is sticking to his guts of like this is right to do what we're doing with the accords. Right, and how Cap is is like and, not signing it. Exactly, and but, both of them really stick to it. But the issue is, Cap had that piece of information that he could have told which that he I, could have yes. told Tony, and which and everybody gets on me for this. Tony was justifiably angry, and yeah, lost control of his emotions. If I found out my parents were murdered, and Nick, let me just use you as the example. Yeah, yeah. I found out you did it. Yeah, yeah right. you brainwashed, but you're standing right in fucking front of it. Yeah, and I'm not gonna do anything about it. And yeah. uh, like, am I just gonna stare at you and be like, you know what? That's, That's fair. fair. <laughs> you know, no, and I, I completely agree with that. But you got, we got to get to this point, even though it doesn't justify that he killed his parents, obviously. And what also upsets me is that Bucky never got to apologize. 
for any of that. Yes, they never speak again. They never speak again. Even we don't even get like in like Endgame. Obviously, spoilers if you never watch. But like Avengers Endgame needs a spoiler warning still. Listen for people <laughs> that really are getting into it. But like, let me tell you, the fact that they did somewhat of a a truce between Cap and, and Tony, I wish it was more of a a hug, like I'm so sorry, like kind of thing. You know, I don't, you know what? I don't think that would have been right because yes, they're friends mm-hmm. and they work together as Avengers, but they're not Bucky and Steve. They're not Tony and no. Brody. They never were. They've always been opposites. Right. So them agreeing to work together mm-hmm. is as much as we needed. We didn't need it to be an emotional kumbaya sing around well and i think i think the five-year change between what has gone on in tony's life and what's gone on in cap's well, yeah, life yeah. is different uh, as well. obviously yeah that plays a part of it too well, let's get back to this mm-hmm. so tony snaps yes in endgame spoilers <laughs> <laughs> no but tony snaps here and he starts going off the deep end man starts kicking the shit out of these two motherfuckers and they deserve it <laughs> let's kick his ass <laughs> yeah and and let's kick his ass and the final battle is exactly the type of battle that I like. Because guess mm-hmm. what? It's not giant CGI armies. Mm-hmm. It's two guys fighting. Well, three guys. Three guys fighting over a personal vendetta mm-hmm. that has been set up throughout the entire movie and movies prior. Ultron right. set up the Steve and Tony feud. Oh, yeah. You Avengers saw that, set up that the one, Steve and Tony feud. That one scene in Ultron automatically set it up you know, like oh let's just see it i don't trust the person without dark side well, let's just say you haven't seen it yet and this was his dark side and that was he the, didn't reveal the truth the one thing and that's another thing why i think he wasn't worthy at that point because he didn't tell tony yeah because let's be honest he could I mean, in truth he still never really told tony tony found out on his own tony found out on his own but at that point you know, i guess the weight was lifted off his shoulders maybe maybe that's know? a way of looking at it but from there, I mean, this final battle, the way I, the reason I really like it, it's just a bunch. I mean, look, it's a man in a fucking suit, but still, <laughs> I, they're going at it. It's a brutal, every punch has the feeling of, I don't want to do this, but I have to. Uh, yeah. And I like the comic book accurate uh, with the shield and the, and the Iron Man blasters being, you know, that one scene. Oh, the, 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 that, that was bringing a comic panel to life like nothing I've ever seen before. I also like the fact that Zemo is talking to, and you also see Black Panther come into the mix too. You see Zemo about to kill himself, but, you know, Black Panther's talking to him and everything, trying to make sure he doesn't. And if I can, and he's like, if I can make them kill each other, you know, he knew he wouldn't be able to kill them. No, you know. I can oh, kill you. all right, and let's talk about that scene quickly mm-hmm. between Black Panther and Zemo. Mm-hmm. Again, I said this earlier. T'Challa in this movie might be my favorite version of him mm-hmm. because this the, the development here from this rage-filled monster at the beginning of the movie who just wants vengeance for Zemo or who he thought Bucky had done it, right. killing his father at the United Nations, mm-hmm. to go from that to a man who is willing to have some form of empathy for Zemo at the end. Yeah, and is able to like understand. I am done letting this rage consume me the yeah. same way. And he points down yeah. that Tony and Cap are consu- it's consuming. They're them. consuming them, which is true. It so, is. Sidebar: why, why didn't Black Panther try and break it up? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's true. I guess because he was too busy taking in Zemo. Yeah, he wanted to find out. I guess because he knew who actually killed his father. Yeah, no, you know? no yeah, because he overhears Zemo say, "You know, it, it was me. Yeah, I bombed the UN. Whatever." Mm-hmm. I had to get you guys here somehow, and you came. Yeah, and then, I mean, the ending of the battle is insane. Tony is kicking the ever-loving shit 
Well, first, Cav, Cav, Cav is what's called. Cav and Bucky were doing a lot of, a lot of. They were tag training. teaming. Yeah. They were tag teaming. At some point, Cap goes down. You see Bucky lose his arm, get shot right off, which was crazy. With the with the, with the arc reactor, with the shoots arc reactor right shoots off. right off. Um, then it's just Steve and and Tony the whole time. Steve is kicking Tony's ass at that point, and then the be- the, probably the best part was like. You know, uh, Friday's Copy his fight pattern. Co- and copy his fight pattern and everything. All of a sudden, let's kick his like doom, grabs the shield, let's mm-hmm. kick his ass. Yeah. Boom, boom. And then boom. he starts kicking his ass and the and then Bucky gets back in the fray. Tony mm-hmm. gets distracted by Bucky. Yep. Steve Tony and look again, Tony wanted Tony didn't want to hurt Steve here. In the same way no, Steve didn't want to hurt, hurt no. Tony wanted to hurt Bucky. Yes. I will say that he wanted to hurt Bucky. I don't think he wanted to hurt Steve because he's like, stay down. Final yeah. warning. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's a great film. And then Steve plunging the shield created by Tony's father Mm -hmm. into Tony's arc reactor, the symbol of his art, to to shut down the suit. He thought he was going to hit his face. That's why he blocked his face. Yeah. You know? John Walker would have went for the face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Totally. But, you know, (laughs) it's so messed up. God. But anyway, and that also I think they, they showed – I think they made like a connection with Ultron given the fact that the helmet got taken off of his head and you saw like his helmet looked like the Ultron had like the – the uh, not the engraving, but like that line. Yeah, no, 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 no yeah, you know, yeah, I know helmet. Saying, yeah. Um, and then you also have Steve dropping the shield like, oh, my father made that shield. You don't, No, it doesn't belong to you. Drops the shield. And at that point – it, that the war is over at that point. Yep. Flashback to the Avengers compound. Zemo's been brought in by T'Challa mm-hmm. and the CIA of uh, Everett Ross. Yep. And then Tony is back at the compound. Mm-hmm. And he's and Stanley. Stanley, we got our cameo of Stanley, and I think this is probably the funniest ones. I have a package for Tony Stank. <laughs> yeah, this is Tony Stank right here. Package for Mr. Stank. And you then know. the scene between Tony and Rhodey's heartfelt too. You know, like. I've flown all these combat missions, you mm-hmm. know, and then one of them takes my legs. What was it, 147? 147, something like that. I mean, hey, if that's the number, props on you. Even I didn't know that. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think it's 147. Um, I mean, at that point, then you get the package in the mail from Steve. Yeah, and I will say, people complained about this. With the, with the phone? No, with the letter. Oh. Because it, and it gives this movie a happy ending. In some form. In some form. I mean, because I, because it still lets everybody know that Steve is willing to help out Tony. Well, yeah. And that's true to Steve's character. And I agree with it. Because I don't think that Steve would leave Tony high and dry like that. No, I don't think so. I, I mean, could see Tony leaving Steve high and dry. Right. But I can't see <laughs> I can't I can't see Steve leaving Tony high and dry like that. Right. And I look, mean, and, and when we get to Endgame, get the to- one with the anger is still Tony. Oh yeah, the Infin- Infinity War and Endgame, you'll still see that connection because, like I said, they, they were supposed. Like I understand, Steve was supposed to be there for Tony, and you know he wasn't there. Whenever, yeah. and I get that. Um, but yeah, like if you need us, if you need me, I'll be there. And he breaks out everyone from the prison. Yep. They go on the run. And, and same and- with like the Black Widow. You'll see from like the Black Widow movie when you watch it, you'll see like the cutscene with her of how she came back into into the film and stuff the like that. The jacket was given to her by her sister. I knew that at, at like the beginning because <laughs> I saw that I saw her jacket. And I'm like, that's the jacket. I know, I know. From the Black Widow movie, it turns out Yelena gives mm-hmm. Natasha the freaking jacket. That's actually kind of funny though. I know it's, it's a, a great, nice detail. It's a great time. Like they said it was a movie that was made to be 
made a while ago. So, but yeah, from there we get our two post credit scenes. The first one with uh, uh, which one was the first one? Actually, there's two of them, and I forgot which one was first. Let's just say there was two. There is. There, two. I know. I know. The second one is Spider Man. Okay, so I had it backwards. I thought Spider Man was first. My so bad. the first scene is Bucky and Wakanda. He's mm-hmm. going to be frozen. They're going to try and help out his mind. Right. And this is the arc to send Bucky to Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Which obviously leads to him being deprogrammed and everything. Yeah, and you'll see more about that if you watch the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. No more Zelanya. What? Javoy. Um, <laughs> so you'll see more of that if you watch the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series. You know, we'll discuss that along the way when we get the chance. Um, oh, I'm looking forward to talking. About I know that. it's a, it, it's a great series. Even though even though out of the three series that are out right now, Loki is the highest. I think then Falcon Winter Soldier and then Wandavision. Is that your ranking? I think that's how I put it. Okay. Um, but I think on the tomato meter too, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, then you see obviously the second post credit scene with Spider-Man and it says Spider-Man, I think will return. Yeah, Spider-Man will return. So that leads into homecoming and, you know, I, I mean, they, I thought Spider-Man and Black Panther were perfectly introduced in this movie, oh, yeah. especially Black Panther. When you have so many characters and I think that's why they, you know, you already know so many people, like, you know. Hawkeye, Iron Man, Cat. You, you know, know everybody else. Basically. You know everybody else basically from other movies. So it's just combining all these characters together into one movie to you know make it all work and connect with each other. Yeah. You know. No, and they did an excellent freaking job doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they really did. They nailed it. No, oh, yeah. And they stuck the landing, and that's always the difficult part. Yeah. And like like I'd say with Infinity War and Endgame, like you'll have certain points where you can't have characters talk to each other. Like it's not as easy as putting in like 20 something characters yeah. into one film, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. So with that, I could understand why they split it into two movies and split it in, yeah. you know, but no, the bottom line, man, this is my favorite movie in the MCU. Mm-hmm. And I'm hard. I look, there was a time after seeing Endgame where I thought Endgame was better, but I realized in retrospect that civil war is the better made movie. Mm-hmm. And that the reason I thought Endgame might be better was because Endgame just had loads of emotion on everything. Well, yeah, the, the ending mostly, you know, there wasn't, it was the beginning and end middle, not so much, but yeah. And, and this is just my top movie. S tier movie, my favorite movie, man. Quite yes. possibly my favorite Marvel movie of all time. I'll find, I'll let you know when I see No Way Home if if it beats it. Oh, they have No Way Home. Yeah. Well, this might come out after No Way Home has been yeah. released. So. so that'll be interesting because yeah. it probably will be. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're a Spidey guy. So. I'm a Spidey guy too. But yeah, anything else, man? Uh, No, I think that's it for all of us at the Eminem Marvel Mania podcast. Uh, I've been Nick. I've been Mike. And uh, we will uh, talk to you soon with another movie or TV show. <laughs> Take care, everyone. <laughs>